I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind in the business, got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerds got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Red Room. Aw, uh, yeah. What's up, y'all? You hear Chris in there trying to interrupt my damn show. <laughs> <laughs> Why well, you got to be talking to somebody? Nobody said you can talk. Best lead-in music in the podcast world. Poor Chris. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. Well, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? 2017. Yeah. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. So today we got a kick-ass episode for y'all. <clears throat> Lisa Bolakaja, it's her birthday weekend. Shout Happy out. Happy birthday, Lisa. Love you. Happy birthday. Uh, Paul said he was going to sing some songs for you. Yeah, I was. I Give was us a vocal. Just, just talk about Rogue One. And, and <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was gonna do. We're going to talk about that. The he whole said he was going to croon you. The Rogue One episode. <laughs> uh, so, you know, shout out to Lisa. We, we, we love you, girl. We do. So, if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get it in. Yeah. Okay. So, today, we got a special little episode for y'all. Um, Paul Gio in the house, writer, producer. Pimp Dog himself, OG writer. Yeah. <laughs> Representing everybody over here today. Um, you brought up a cool little uh, topic you wanted to bring up, so we thought we would. So I was like, okay, um, we'll bring in Chris Derrick from the Derrick Brothers writing directing team. What's up, Chris? How people? How are you? And of course, <laughs> my big bro, <laughs> Jeffrey Thorne, oh. writer, producer. The Dragon uh, Warrior. Exactly. <laughs> Mr. Poe. Damn. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> what's up, what's up, y'all? Welcome to the show, everybody. So, um, won't you tell the kids what you want to talk about? Let's get in it. Okay. I'm going to back up first with a with a, an asterisk, a verbal Beep. asterisk from the last time we were on the show. Okay. And I wanted to make something clear, because a couple people hit me on Twitter after I said it, because I made this statement, we were talking about Empire, mm -hmm. and how I was saying, well, it didn't sell, everybody's like, oh, black, you know, they didn't try to sell it because the 20th is racist and, and <laughs> black show, and I was saying it didn't sell because it was such an American thing, and what I didn't get, I think I got interrupted in the middle of my sentence, so what I meant was, is a soap opera, and with the exception of Defer Desperate Housewives, mm -hmm. U.S. soaps, they don't do well overseas. Now, that doesn't mean it's not on. I mean, it's Empire's on in India and actually mm -hmm. doing well in Denmark and mm -hmm. around the UK. It's and on everything. in Germany. I've seen the, yeah, the, the trailer in Germany. It's on. It just, it, they didn't get the money because it was such a huge smash here the first season. Mm -hmm. And the studio was like, oh, we're going to just squeeze millions <laughs> out of the rest of the world for this. Sure. And it didn't happen. It was because of so, because like Chris made a point. He was talking about like, 
Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul do better. And that was my thing. I wasn't trying to say, like, oh, it's too American because it's about hip-hop. No, because Straight Outta Compton's done well. I mean, everything, you know, things well, do we well. we all know hip-hop is everywhere. Exactly. Global. Exactly. Okay. Best, so that was, I just, just wanted to be clear just say, the best that. hip-hop dancers are in fucking Japan, for God's That's sake. That's no joke. Okay. Right? We're crazy with really? it. The best everything is in Japan. <laughs> really? Yeah, y'all need to stop <laughs> yeah. down there. Stop that. Um, <laughs> but, that was, so, but that led into this whole thing. So that and then some stuff that happened with me since then over work... Jeff and I, you know, have had this thing on Twitter and stuff just about, you know, the, and I'm using air quotes, you can't see diversity problem in Hollywood, (laughs) you know, more, we need, you know, the writer's rooms need to be more diverse and we need more diverse directors. And so our thing is, and the first thing is, and I think we're all in agreement here, I hate that word diversity because it's false, you know, it's not, you know, if you have a writer's room that has people of color and lesbians and gays and men and women and and then it's not a diverse room that's reflecting society that's a normal room or as poe says inclusive right you know and see i'd rather be called that well (laughs) inclusiveness is a is an embrace diversity is kind of like we're all assembled in our different uniforms and i can point out the green um as much as i love the rainbow flag those colors should run together there should be some like it should bleed. Huh? Like a, yeah. It should be that that symbol from the Pink Floyd album. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, we're not getting that. Um, I mean, I, I talk, we talked about this before the mics were on, but I, I in my in my in my middle age, um, I am realizing what kind of an American I am, and mm-hmm. I said I was a Sesame Street American. Mm. Tell um, them what you mean by that. What, what I mean, mean by that is one. He lives I'm, in a trash can. I'm, I do. I live in a trash can <laughs> with, a, with, a, with a plush monster. No, honey, I love you. It's not. I'm not talking about you. <laughs> Um, but um, the uh, the uh, I grew up with Sesame Street. It, mm-hmm. it started slightly before I was born, I think. But it, I'm of an age where that was the thing. Oh, like, yeah. um, and without I mean, anybody right. over forty or right. under mm-hmm. forty, no, over forty, yeah, I would say what, what experience yeah. that. So yeah, yeah so like uh, they never said, "Hey, we're being inclusive," mm-hmm. right? They just were. And I live in a city. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a chocolate city for a lot of the time. But mm-hmm. even with that, there was just not that same sense of there was there was an idea that we could all be in it together, that sure. we kind of all were in it together. And I've grown up like that. I've lived my unconsciously lived my life that way. Mm-hmm. Like um, people describe me as a sunny personality to me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. I have ups and downs and lows and all the other crap that everybody else Very goes bitter. <laughs> often, often quite bitter, you know. But at the end of the day, I do have a basic, basic sort of like if there was a soundtrack and there was one little theme song that went mm-hmm. through, it would be we're all in this together, we're all in this together, we're all in this together. Yeah, I feel like you. that. And I think largely it comes from being exposed to those kinds of, that kind of imagery early on and having it be sustained throughout mm-hmm. and both within family as we talked about. And outside of family, even when you have a negative experience, how you metabolize it. But getting back to the, the, the topic, um, some of what's not talked about in terms of diversity in Hollywood is the, 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 there's the structural version of Hollywood, which people can point to and say, well, look, these are the statistics. You know, you've hired X number of women or, in fact, not hired as this X number of women, mm-hmm. um, black people, gay people, whatever, right? But... <clears throat> All they talk about is what they're officially talking about, right? Everyone really knows what actually happens, which is the social component of Mm -hmm. this job is meeting people. And 
in prose, selling books and short stories and novels, you literally put a story into the mail, like a, a message in a bottle almost. And mm. most editors are like, yeah, we're not doing that. Mm. But that one editor is like, yeah, this will help me sell my magazine. They don't check your credentials. They don't check. They might check to see if you're actually an American mm-hmm. or in some cases, if you're actually not an American, if it's an overseas mm-hmm. publication, because then they could have legal troubles. But beyond that, they don't care. They literally don't care. You can call mm. yourself anything you want. You can be any age, whatever. And if they want it, they think they're going to make some money off of it or mm-hmm. help them sell their thing, they will buy it. And the pretense in Hollywood is it's the same out here, that it's just about money. You hear that all the time. It's just business, kid. Mm-hmm. It, that's horseshit mm-hmm. because it's, it's just about business up to the point where you have to handshake somebody. And at that point, it becomes entirely social, mm. right? Um, there are people who will read a person's work think it's great, call them in for the meeting, the final meeting, and go, holy crap. And I've, I've, I've experienced this. Mm-hmm. I've experienced that. Experience mm-hmm. Where they see who wrote the thing that they clearly really liked or you wouldn't be in the office. <laughs> and they're like, oh, damn it. And they have to readjust. And that readjustment is how they were socialized, right? They're instantly worried, can I tell a particular kind of joke mm-hmm. if uh, someone expresses this, is this, in the case of a six-foot-plus black man, mm-hmm. they're gonna, is he going to get mad and throw a table? You know, <laughs> I mean, I, it's ridiculous yeah, because our civilization couldn't work if every angry black man constantly was flipping tables but, every but, time. But, you, but you're but, on to something because I find myself, you know, dealing in, in these circulations that I'm dealing with, too. I'm always find myself being just a slightly extra nice to let them know there's nothing yeah. to worry about with me. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I catch myself in the middle of it sometimes. I'm like, well, I'm really doing extra right now, ain't I? Yeah. You know what it's, I mean? It's, it's like I can feel yeah. it. Like it's, I have to almost put on this. I'm already a nice guy. Everybody knows I'm a nice but guy. But you're acting nice guy. I almost have to do, you know, yeah. nice guy. See, that's interesting because I don't do that because. Well, you're a dick and everybody knows it. Well, it's just that <laughs> the way that I like came up. It was around a lot of white people, mm-hmm. so I don't have to put on any, like, kind of, there's no adjustment for me, typically. Um, there might be deference if it's someone who I'm, like, I really respect, and mm-hmm. I, that's a little different. But uh, it's not that I, I behave, I, I, it's hard for me to behave any different than how I am. You don't code switch at all, you don't think? Um... So I think you co-switch you guys, when you're you with us, though. you guys want me though. to leave for a second? Stop it. You want me to leave? Stop <laughs> it. <laughs> we'll, that will, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I'll say this to a certain extent. I think I have to co-switch more to be around black people than to be around white people. It's because of how I grew huh. up. That's and, fair. And, yeah, and I, would, fair. I would agree and with it's that. it's also because of the way black people have treated me throughout my life. Mm-hmm. I agree with that, too. Um, you know, because as a kid, blacks always call me white boy. Mm-hmm. All, they never stop doing that, mm-hmm. uh, and, and well, uh, t- t- well, two reasons. Also, I have also. I was about to say also. I speak English properly, but also when I was younger. See, this was interesting: is that people always, you know, certain people always complain. Like they 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 rankle at when when blondes have blonde hair because mm-hmm. they have to they have to light. I actually, it. have red hair. They have to light it. <laughs> but see, that's how I was when I was a kid. I had like the, right. like like my hair looked like like I was Nordic. Okay, oh, really? until I was maybe like six or seven. Mm-hmm. See, so then, so, you know, my parents always tell me that I'm black, but black kids never, say, you're not black, oh, you're not black, is what I heard. Whatever you are, you're not black. Constantly. Yeah, yeah definitely. Constantly. Mm-hmm. So, it's, so it's a little different, but, uh, but I feel you about the, the, you come in. I remember, I remember like, the first script, my brother and I, that kind of, like, we wrote that kind of broke us through. Mm-hmm. 
uh, I remember through this meeting, and this guy came in, and and he kind of he overlooked us in the in the, in the in the waiting room. Oh really? And then he's like, "Oh, are you the Derek brothers?" He's like, "Yeah." And he came in, and we'd written this kind of like complicated thriller. God, it's complicated, but complex thriller about like stolen Holocaust art and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and, you would. Uh, Wait, uh, you two uh, black men? How dare you? you no, know, <laughs> uh, the, the the worst thing was he was like. How do you know how to write this? Is what he said. Yes. Uh, I know exactly. But then he came back and said, "You know what? We have a project for you. There's this double Dutch competition movie we're uh, writing in South Central, and I think you guys could write that." I'm giving those people the finger with both and my I was hands. Kinda, <laughs> yes, and I was kind of like, "Why do you think?" I would yeah. be able to write about a South Central double Dutch situation. <laughs> jeans. It's your jeans, man. I mean, I'm not yeah. from Based LA. Based on a, on a <laughs> Holocaust so art theft script. Exactly. But that's the thing. And I, I, I think much can be made of that. Certainly it's in some ways worse for women because instantly, even before you get to the meeting stage, a lot of guys are going to decide, oh, it's a chick. Sure. Whatever. Well, by the name, most of the time. Right, right. That's what I'm saying. They see the name and they're like, oh, Melissa, <laughs> yeah, we're not bringing her in. This is going to be a boys' club up in mm-hmm. here. You know, and they don't even consciously think it that way. They're just like, nope, out. Yeah. Right. But there's no way to directly address that because the person would have to admit that they thought that. And they're never going to. Right. When you call someone on their racism or their sexism, mm-hmm. it's much easier for them to get mad about how dare you call me that than it is to go, oh, yeah, I did kind of do that thing. I probably should adjust my behavior. I'm a mm-hmm. little bit wrong. In that area, <laughs> racism or racist has become like people have tried to make it like nigger. Mm-hmm. It isn't because it, it just isn't. If no. you're acting like a racist and I call you a racist, mm-hmm. I'm not being pejorative. I'm not insulting you. I'm just <laughs> describing you. You know, <laughs> calling me a nigger is not in any way accurate. But the thing is, but they take the being called a racist as. This, they they act like it's the same amount of pain as being called a nigger. It's not. But the difference is, is that I think it has to do with this cognitive dissonance. I think it's because if you call someone white a racist, in their mind, well, they're thinking of you know of like Bobby Lee down with the mm-hmm. with, with you know in, yeah. in Alabama, mm-hmm. right. and they're like, I am not that yeah, because right. I don't have a Confederate flag in my right, pickup right, truck, right, so right. I'm not a racist. Yeah, because on a certain level, because 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 you can conflate. Being a racist with being white trash, and that's and who made that phrase up? It, racist, it, yeah. And so, <laughs> so that's what they don't really want to be associated. Right. right. So mm-hmm. if you have any kind of class, money, what have you, they're like, I'm never that. But I think sometimes these conversations can tilt. So let's. I would like to ask Paul a question that I've never asked anyone before. Is that I know very much what happens when there's no white people in the room. Mm-hmm. Okay, we just talked about that. If it, and you will all know this, whatever your ethnicity is, mm-hmm. if you're an American, this happens in your little ethnic enclave. If there are no people of the other group, usually the dominant white male group, if there's just you and your mm-hmm. peoples around, if that situation lasts long enough, you're going to break into little groups or clusters and start doing the how do you, how they do us conversation, <laughs> the see how they do us conversation, <laughs> which consists largely of look how my life was impeded by the unfairness of white people. Well, you just. Chris okay. just did it just now. Right. Did yeah. Right. But usually this happens when there's <laughs> no mics and there's no sure, people around. Sure, sure. And it's, I would call it a secret. But in fact, it's kind of obvious that we would do this. But mm-hmm. I genuinely always see people get surprised when I describe this. <laughs> right. But what, what's interesting to me is that in that conversation, I'm sometimes uncomfortable because people are saying things that I don't agree with. And everyone else is nodding their head about all white people are X and it's this way and God damn it. And you know, all the stuff And the pain is very real, but sometimes the anecdote doesn't line up with the pain. Sure. And you're like, no, that was kind of on you sister. 
or brother, you know, well, that, see, you brought that in with you on that one. Yeah, okay. You, you know, know what? I agree with you on that because I, you know, I shouldn't be this way, but because uh, I've been hit the hit know, differently, but I still tend to want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Generally. Yeah. Always. It's like until you prove me wrong, then I can't trust you as mm-hmm. opposed to the way I think a lot of people are. Prove me. Prove me right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean. But it, with Paul, and this is what I was getting at, <clears throat> is I find myself sometimes restraining myself. Like I don't want to open the giant explosive can of worms by checking this person on their thing. Mm-hmm. But when there are no none of us around and mm-hmm. it's just white people. I can't imagine there's like everyone's okay, crazy, gone. Let's break out the clan robes. But no. there must be a certain relaxation of discussion. And that, oh, there is. So, and because and here's the thing: I I live most of the time in St. Louis, Missouri. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not is it pretty safe? Not the most. It? Uh, you know, it, it ain't a Benetton ad that's for sure. <laughs> it, you know. And what's funny, what I've noticed, and and this is weird. There's to me, there are. There are racists that they just come right out and say, I, you know, I don't, I don't like black people. I don't like Asian people and stuff. And then what I've encountered a massive amount of in the Midwest mm-hmm. are white people who, if you ask them 100,000 times, they're like, oh, my God, I'm not racist at all. I have the black friends. I have, you oh, know, yeah. they, they are, they're, they're so blind to it. But what I'll do in these, these situations you're talking about, like my, my son's really into golf. So a year or two, I joined this private club, this golf club in St. Louis, so he can have access and play and everything. You know, it's funny. There's 300 members there, and, you know, look, it's a fantastic club. I love it, and I love the people there. My best friend at that club just happens to be African American, mm-hmm. and he and I have this thing because I'll be sitting in the bar or after thing, and, and, and I'm with this group of, of straight white men that are from, you know, 35 to 65. And even the ones that are decent human beings, that are good, you know, good people that will stop if they see somebody hurt, you know, I find this thing that always makes me tense up is they'll be telling me a story. And it's like, yeah, and I was, you know, I was coming out of Target the other day and, uh, and then I bumped in, there was this black guy and blah, blah, blah. And he's telling, and I'm like, what does that have to do with the story? Right. Why, you know, it's like, it's like when you write a screenplay, you know. It's, you know, Bob, 40s, tall, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But then it's like, you know, Larry, 35s, African-American. Is mm-hmm. it default? And, it, and it, mm-hmm. it's like, I, and, I, and, I, and I find this constantly in, in the Midwest, and I'm sure it's everywhere, but these people, they, I don't understand the point of the race, except like they're not even aware that, they're re- that the race, the first thing they see about the person is, oh, different color. Right. You know, whatever the story was, whatever the interaction happened, Here's, they have to explain. Well, the person was a different I find color. Very, see, to me, that's just an insecurity. And yeah. here's here's why I say that. In the in the gay community, probably even the straight community, like I'm just going to use the gay community as a, as a general. So if I'm with my boys, right, and we're out in West Hollywood, just as a reference, and I'm never down there, by the way. But <laughs> if I happen to be down there, bitches, if I happen to be down there on a Vespa, okay. Right. Look, if I'm at the gym, let's take that. The gym I'm works. at the gym. If I'm at the gym and I go to the gayest fucking gym in Hollywood, right? <laughs> Gold's Hollywood, or boom. So we'll be standing there having a conversation about a script, and all of a sudden some hot dude will go by, and they'll just have to say, whoa, 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 whoa. 
You see that ass? Or whatever the fuck it is, right? Wait, everyone's gay in this scenario? All of you are gay together in this scenario? Basically. Okay. Yeah. So my point is okay. the insecurity to have to say. He's ah. talking about why do you have to say? If right. you hang around me, you never even know that I think anybody's cute ever. It doesn't yeah, phase me. Yeah. 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 Since and I'm 12, and, and, I've been an actor. Right. I've been around beautiful people all no, my life. It. it doesn't phase me Also, you're me grown. I don't go no. like in the middle of a conversation, go, God damn, look at that hot ass. Yeah, no, it does but that. that. But it, it takes it's so much. Oh, and what's what, funny what is the guy. So it's the same. I know a lot of people will do that. They yeah. need to grow. And the guy, and they need to fuck, yeah. Like when I said, like my best friend at that club is African-American, it's not like, oh, my best friend's black. It's like, that's the one guy there that I have bonded with because... And it's obviously because, I mean, he's very much in a minority situation. Mm-hmm, you know, right. he's in like the 1% of the membership or whatever. But he's just a guy, man. He's just like, just some he dude. sees everybody and mm-hmm. he smiles and he's happy. And if he told a story, he would never be like, and then this Caucasian guy came mm-hmm. by. Right. And he's just know, this guy. It's just because he, yeah. And so that, I don't know if that answers your question. Well, what but I'm getting I've at is that that's real life. With white right? people, yeah. That's, that's real life. But how, does, how that translates into our business is. Um, I was on a show where we had to do uh, an orient. Uh, it was the first time I'd worked for one of the big studios, mm-hmm. right? Because um, there's little production companies that do stuff, and they don't have to do this version of HR, okay. right? But big companies have to do real HR. So mm-hmm. we had a day where all the writing staff was had to go through the sexual harassment orientation really? thing, where they do they get a little actors and they show a film strip, and somebody talks to us, and we have to read all this stuff. And I'm reading this shit, mm-hmm. and I'm like, what the fuck? All the things they tell you, now don't do this, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm like, <laughs> and I asked the person who was giving the lecture, I'm like, why would anyone blah, 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 yeah. right? And they're like, everything on that list is there because someone did it and we got sued over it. Really? And I was like, somebody did this, you know, in an <laughs> office situation? What the hell? He's now president. <laughs> no joke, right? But the thing is, is that... <laughs> They are or on Fox News. Uh, our industry, yeah. our in the social, com- the social contract in our industry is if it doesn't hurt business mm-hmm. and no one gets caught, it didn't actually happen, mm-hmm. right? Which has allowed for a lot of dastardly shit over the years. the The, the issue now is when we're not around. Like we've been on both Paul mm-hmm. and I've been on shows where diversity issues came up in casting, mm-hmm. and you'll find people who would never say them they themselves are racist being really intractable about, well, this person has to be, I pictured the hot girl this way. Mm-hmm. I picture the all-American athlete this way. Mm-hmm. you know. And you'll see a person go, yeah, but why isn't this Asian-American dude mm-hmm. that same athlete? He's clearly fit. He's clearly able to pole vault. He's a professional pole vaulter. You know? <laughs> yeah, but I'm thinking, Aryan. we're going to bring in this time. I wanted to look like Captain right? America for this. <laughs> exactly. You know? And... You can't get around it after a certain point. Mm-hmm. Paul and I have been in a couple of situations where he actually asked me, why did you step out? Mm-hmm. Right? We mm-hmm. keep fighting, you mm-hmm. know? And I'm like, they're, they're, I'm not winning this. There's no yeah. way we're winning this, yeah. you know? And he's like, ah! you know? Mm-hmm. So in some cases, he's more aggressive about it than I am because mm-hmm. I realize the writing's on the wall. Mm-hmm. But, but see, here's my... Like, here's, you can't here's have a conversation solve. if they won't admit it. I feel like there's a solve okay. for... And I'm talking television writers' rooms and the hiring of directors in, in TV and, and film. And the solve is now. Look, the problem exists because of the backstory, because of Act Zero. I mean, it happened. It's there. I'm not saying it doesn't. But all we can do now. Here's what I think: when you have 
and this just happened recently. Like, there, you know, you have a showrunner who has a writer's room full of his buddies and cronies, and they're straight white men, mm-hmm. and he's like, you know, man, we got we to gotta be diverse. I got to, you know, we need a supervising producer. I got to hire a black female. Then I mm-hmm. got the double. Then I got the double, you know? And it's like, you're not solving the diversity problem. You're making it worse. Right. Mm-hmm. The only way to solve it now is for everyone to go on the merit system, and the best writer gets the gig. The best director gets the gig. So how and do you I, how do you how do you do the merit okay, system for I have to chime in on that because I believe the meritocracy is a fucking fallacy. Really? I feel that you can only make that work if you do scripts with no Names um, like no names can't work. That can't work. But that can't because work. Of the social component. No, but you're you right. You could I'm do it with directors. If, if you have you're right, what you're saying is true. If if people are racist. I'm I'm speaking specifically to these studio execs and these showrunners who are claiming right. how they are so about diversity mm-hmm. and they're so going to solve the diversity issue mm, by right. bringing mm. in this and this. Okay. And okay. it's like, no, mm. you already screwed up the first season when you put your writing staff together of seven white guys. Right, mm-hmm. that's that, true. You know, whereas That's if true. you, because I was thinking, driving <laughs> over here, knowing we were going to talk about this, and this is, this is honest to God true, I was thinking of the ten best screenwriters that I know, that mm-hmm. I personally have a relationship with. Mm-hmm. I was thinking, like, who are the 10 best? How would I rank them? Mm-hmm. And I swear to God, four of them are white men, three of them are women, and three of them are people of color. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's just the 10 best. Mm-hmm. You know, right. the that's majority. That's people you know. That's, yeah, and mm-hmm. I mean, I know a lot of writers, and mm-hmm. most of them are obviously white sure. and stuff. But I was thinking, like, okay, who's really the best? All right, I know. Okay, he's the fucking best writer I know. So he's there. And then, and then you know, it's like, oh, be- be- Becky Kirsch and Christine Boylan. And it's like. I, I was like, and it was like, wow, okay. That's my room. That's my writer's room, <laughs> yeah, exactly. right? Yeah. That's my writer's room. And people, and I know if I put a room together like that with those people, everybody would say like, oh, that show's so diverse. That mm-hmm. show is so, oh, he's so politically correct. And it's like, no, the best person got the job. Mm-hmm. And it's the same when you're hiring directors. I mean, Jeff and I are on the same show where we know it'll go unnamed. It was pulling teeth to get this oh my person in charge, the studio person, to hire female directors simply because he, he just had it in his head. He's like, they're just not as good. It's ridiculous. Wow. They're just, I mean, he was flat out, they're not as good. And he would be for He's like, yeah, we got to hire a female for this episode because, you know, then it's I get all the shit. Or, yeah. And it's like, wow. and this guy just, and he's been in Hollywood 30, 40 years. But with Chris's point, I would say Merritt can work with directors. I see uh, Lexi Alexander on mm-hmm. um, Twitter on Twitter a lot. Mm-hmm. And she's probably the Captain America of this issue, mm-hmm. um, and, and rightly so. She's a fine fucking director, um, but all she should have to do is show a reel. Like I already had seen her work; it never occurred. To, I don't really clock directors in the same way that other people do because I'm mm-hmm. not in a position to hire them. So unless they do something like really weird, mm-hmm. I'm going, who, who directed this shit? You know, <laughs> uh, I don't clock them as as effectively. Right, I follow writers more so than directors. But Lexi, I actually inadvertently had already seen a bunch of her work and really liked it before I connected her name with it. Sure. She should just be able to put her reel out. Well, okay. Because so, she's proof she can do but it. But you, so, were, you were about to explain why couldn't that. the writers do it. I writers can't do it in Hollywood. I'm sorry, Chris. Keep well, it up. No, no. With, with Chris's point, Merritt can work with directors because then it's just... I'm making an action movie. Send me your fucking action director reels. Even you can take the names off of them, mm-hmm. right? Take the names off the reels. Just show me the fucking reels. Reel one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Yeah. And if you pick reel five, if you have to take the names off anything. Here's why I say that. Here's why I say that is that in prose, there's no social component, right? I said this before. Mm-hmm. You just read your work. 
They buy it if they like it. I could call myself G.A. Thorne. They don't know my gender. I could be Georgia and Thorne, mm-hmm. right? Nor do they care anymore. Not to the degree that they used to where people, where women literally had to do that, mm-hmm. okay? But in Hollywood, there's a handshake involved every time. They have to meet you. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, that's that gray area where everyone hides because no one can discuss right. it because it's there's nothing codified. And they hide behind the thing of like, well, the writer's room's got to have this chemistry. And, you know, when you like somebody's writing, you bring in and they call it like, oh, you know, they make fun. Oh, it's the axe murderer meeting. We have to make sure you're not an axe murderer. Yeah. But it's like, I guarantee you, I know, we both know, you've gone in on shows, Jeff Thorne has... Because the people loved his writing, he was perfect for the show, he went in, met the person, and then it came back, he didn't get the gig, and they're like, oh, he was maybe too big, too enthusiastic. Mm-hmm. I yeah. guarantee you, if you were a five, six hundred fifty-five pound white guy no with the exact same personality, no you'd be, be on delightful. staff. I'd be delightful. But, but isn't that the same? I'm just wondering from the, from, the, from the directors, though, wouldn't they say the same thing? Because they have to come in an interview, too. Yeah, they do, but it's different because... It's different, I think... I, re, let me rephrase that. It should be different for directors because when you're hiring a director for film or TV, you're saying, this is a person who can build my house. Mm-hmm. So that person says, here are the houses I've built. They can run a crew, clearly. Mm-hmm. They can do all the things necessary on a set to complete a beautiful house. Mm-hmm. How do we know? Because you looked at the house and went, damn, that is a beautiful house. Please come in and build my new house. Sure. So if I show up and I'm Chris... That shouldn't be an issue because I just built this awesome freaking house that you still love. The handshake aspect is basically, I want you to be my field commander, go off and run the troops. Chris shouldn't have a problem with that. Lexi shouldn't have a problem with that. Mm -hmm. Writer's rooms are much more intimate than that because it's not structured the same way. It's not as hierarchical as it looks like on paper. Good writer's room are basically best idea wins because that's how you get the best shit. And, and is, your, is your point because the director's only there for a week or two? or what's That's true. Well, see, for that, TV. See, to me, okay. I think that's it. I mean, to me, you know, like I watch a certain amount of television. Mm-hmm. I'm a cinephile, though. Mm-hmm. Right. So I can really pick out directors when they are filmmakers. Filmmakers have a voice that is so much more, bam, it's there. Mm-hmm. I'm not, and I don't, I'm not saying that television directors don't have that, but they're not afforded that opportunity because it's not their show. And it's too fast. And it's too fast. And it's basically like the, the showrunner and whoever directed the pilot are determining probably like 90% of, of what you can and can't do. Yeah. Because like if, some, someone like Terry Gilliam, mm-hmm. who loves to shoot with like a 21 millimeter lens, is not allowed to shoot on television as a television director. Mm-hmm. His style jabs at no one who works. Works, save maybe Steven Soderbergh on the Nick, but he did the whole thing himself, so he's not bringing in somebody else. Right. See, so it's different. So that's why, to me, the television thing with directors is so much more of a it's 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 pernicious in what you're saying because someone like Lexi Alexander, I've seen her Punisher and I saw her like her her Green Sheet Hogan stuff. Mm-hmm. It's really fascinating work. I see her stuff on television and it's like okay, it's cool, it's done well, the actions are cool, but it's not. It's not you, the it's movie not her. maker. It's not her. But, 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 but guess what? Because you did Punisher Warzone, you can probably handle 95% of the action shows that are on television because mm. you, I'm never going to ask you to, you know, to do some choreographed type of shit that Michael Bay would do right. on a television show. Mm. And therefore, you totally have the skill set. You totally have the ability to command the crew and get them and on, on all, I mean and that's mainly what it is because right. if you think about you know this that phrase that Scorsese says all the time about directing is like is the 90% of the job is casting 
you already have the fucking cool cast because they're the ones who are the series regulars. Right. So you come in and just doing a little bit of work, and mm-hmm. and the DP and everyone like those people know what she can and can't do and stay within. So so you just got to make your day, right? And then make sure the actors are like can get it in two takes. And maybe there's something wrong, and and kind of make sure the 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 day players like get it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and that's and day players are probably the most nervous because they're like, oh, yeah. oh shit, I got one day, right. and I got these people, mm-hmm. and blah blah blah. So you know, it's an interesting kind of like dynamic. Um, and that, to me, I think is is the crime of it. The mm-hmm. big crime is that all these people who are really good, uh, uh, in terms of like, can they do the job really good? Um, is I mean, it's just I mean, you should hire them. There's there's no reason not to. It's, I, mean, it's, I think it's, it goes back to the the culture of the showrunner too, because in in television, the writer is king. The showrunner is the showrunner. It's not like features, which is the director's. Medium, right? And what happens is like I remember a thing that happened on Leverage, and 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 I'll drop the names. Great director. This guy came in, hadn't done much TV, you know, indie guy. indie guy and stuff. PJ Pesci, like, love PJ. Great director. He comes in, and he gets this episode, and he's got ideas. Like he's like, you know what? You know how cool we could do this. Yeah. We want to do it like this and this and this, and the show. Lost their mind and almost got rid of him. Now here's this and is, he this has is solved some problems. Here's that we how were the, here's how the story ends. So he goes and he shoots his episode and everyone's complaining and the writer of the episode's complaining and everybody's saying this is you know this guy's not doing our show and he's like he's a he's a you know wild card he's out of control. They get the show finished. They cut it together, mm-hmm. and suddenly everybody's like, this is so good. <laughs> oh, my God. Look at what he did. Wow. Ooh. Wow. Neat and shot. it's like, Neat really? Did, yeah. You guys couldn't see that until you saw it? Like, well, okay, well, okay uh, this is the thing I'll take on that. I. So there's always the point of view from writers um, that the other side, suits, executives, blah, blah, don't know what our process is, mm-hmm. they, and they don't. You know, because this because if they did, they'd be doing it and doing it well. Mm-hmm. They knew it's you know everything. I think the same thing with directing. I I think it's easy to understand where to put the camera and things like that because everyone kind of like is used to that. They sit there at the monitor. Everyone's doing that kind of stuff. But really good directors. They cut it in their head. Yeah, it's already. You know, they're yeah. like, oh, you know, we're gonna we're gonna do this. Brad Pitt is just telling do me this. he doesn't even use you know? a shot list. It, well, I'm, I'm, he memorizes it so well that he doesn't need. Well, one I'm telling you right now. I mean, on the <laughs> thing we did in Atlanta last mm-hmm. week, like we put together a shot list, mm-hmm. but then, but because we lost our location, t- like two days before we were shooting, oh, really? yeah. um, it basically was thrown out because I spent all this time kind of like, you know, like mapping it out on like on SketchUp how it was gonna mm-hmm. work. And then we couldn't use a location. Wow. And then I didn't have time to, to you know, and I had to learn so you SketchUp. You had to adjust. Well, my thing was that, is that I, had, I spent two and a half weeks, like, learning SketchUp mm-hmm. to figure out how to do it's this thing. And <laughs> then, but I'm not good at it, so mm-hmm. I couldn't really, like, improvise. So, yeah, yeah, so yeah. And I, I said, well, I know what we're doing. And I already commissioned storyboards on the previous location and photographs, mm-hmm. so those weren't really going to work. Mm-hmm. And I was just like... But I know what I'm doing. I know how to cut this in my head. Mm-hmm. And that's why you're a director, you know. And I'm, and I'm, you know, and I, and I was crazy. We were down here because the writer was like, "I can't believe you guys are like making this look so cool." And I was <laughs> like, "What do you mean?" <laughs> and, 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 and then I was laughing. I was laughing because I was like, 
have you even seen it graded yet? Exactly. <laughs> wow. So it's just because I, it's just that process that there's not, it, they're like. It's trust. It's well, when you go well, back well, to well, your insecurity line. And it's the relay race. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you know, you've got to hire a director baton, again. And I'm going to run like, you know, like the anchor because mm-hmm. that's my job. True. As yeah. You got to, as a showrunner, bring a director in that you trust. And turn them loose. I mean, they're one. not a, a good director's not going to suddenly make a show look completely different no, than because it does. they're a good director and they know right, they're not exactly. Right. And like that's what PJ did. Right, he directed that episode differently than anyone had. It was still such a leverage episode. Let mm-hmm. me say just one point of correction. I was the writer of that episode. I didn't have any problems with PJ. No, you weren't. P- mm. we, yeah, I was. I it was the it was the right rabbit. It was the right rabbit. No, that's not the one I'm talking. Oh, about. Oh, you're not talking about that one. Okay. Okay, because we love that. You like we had the same no, time. He came back yeah. for that one because of oh, that's right. The airport, that's right? The airport. That's one. the one I'm talking about. When he oh, first came in, and they were right, like, "He's right. no." He came back because, because once the they cut one. it, they were like, "Oh my god!" He's people good. went crazy for that one too, and it was because he has a personality, right? And I'm like, PJ, if you ever hear this, you're my boy, and but, I, be- I believe that because I talk to Paris Barkley about this all the time, and you know, he directs. Everything. Fucking 50 shows a yeah. year. And every time I'll just turn on the TV, it'll already be in the middle of the scene. I can tell it's him. And I can see his voice. And I can there's see a thing. how he moves. There's a, there, yeah. And it's the same thing. for Writing for TV, yes, the writer's king and all that. But if I'm working on a Paul show, mm-hmm. my best case is to try and somewhat match Paul's voice. Mm-hmm. He wants my voice, or he wouldn't have brought me in. Sure. But it still has to be the show he created. It can't be, on this week, it's Jeff's show. Right? <laughs> so... Well, it can be up to a point, and the point is determined by Paul. That point is determined by the showrunner. Yeah, I want to hear your voice right up to. Well, that's yeah. Barbara Hall. I mean, exactly. that's that's. I mean, you you create a show, you become a showrunner, and and you can either be someone like Matt Weiner, Aaron Sorkin, like mm-hmm. every single word has to be as exactly. if it came right out of my mouth, Correct. or you can be someone secure and just as talented like Barbara Hall, who on Judging Amy encouraged. The writer's voice. Right. She she shaped the show, but she wanted like she literally said, "I want every episode to be your own episode." And you could watch that show and be like, "Oh, that's a Joe Doherty episode. Right. That's a Hart Hansen episode. And then that's people, a Paul Gio episode." And that's how you. It's and they, she wanted that. What it, what is it? Uh, Carter Coffee used to say, "TV makes stars. Mm-hmm. TV yeah. also makes showrunners and big producers and all yeah. that." But yeah. the only way it happens is if. And it goes back to the diversity, and mm-hmm. we're only using that word because all of you idiots keep using it. Thank you. Um, uh, it goes back to the diversity. I just sounded like Bola Kaja right there. <laughs> Thank you. <Yeah. laughs> um, is that you can't get that hot new thing if you don't bring in the hot new thing. Hmm. You can't ever have it. Mm-hmm. You'll always be regurgitating the same old crap, and then you'll be wondering why. How come everybody's saying we're just doing the same old crap? Mm-hmm. Well, you're doing the same old crap with the same old people. <laughs> you know, Your comfort zone is not going to make you money. Open your doors. Yeah. And, my, and that's mm-hmm. what, my, what started this whole thing is just because I, I had an experience recently where I was, you know, there was a show and this showrunner was being very public about wanting to create such a diverse writer's room and so was only looking for a black female, was only looking for, you know, a gay producer level writer. And it's like, and you look, and it's like, well, you wouldn't have to do that if you hadn't started your show the first season with seven straight white guys. <laughs> but that, you're but, just trying to see, make up for your... Right. your uh-huh. and, well, for your fuck-up. I mean, yeah. and to, to me, I really find... I find it offensive that people say, I gotta find the black woman. I gotta find the gay writer. I got Because I'm like... I we, would think that's offensive. Because I'm kind of like, what yes. are you doing? 
what really are you doing? You're trying to like check off some boxes as you know, this is not the damn this this, this is not some game. It's and really I'm not here I mean because of my writing or my directing or whatever, I'm here because I fit your because, box. I, yeah, yeah. And, and to me, like that's terrible because something well, I, like, I'm see, actually a, a victim of that. Uh oh. Oh, what show I did last year? Oh, okay. That, that I did a sh- small show for Sony, like Go 90 Network. You were the token hire? I was you the co EP. Like, you were the box to get checked off? The, 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 I'll fuck it. I'll tell him. The, the, the executive, yeah. you show me out of the ramp room. Up. I'm buckling up. <laughs> he ain't never going to hire me again anyway. I don't give a fuck. So, <laughs> <laughs> he ain't going to get a job. Burn anyway. that shit down. So, he um, sat here in my office and pitched to me this project, and I was like, okay. And he's like, I'm going to be honest with you. I need you because I need a black gay male. Out. Wow. And, but the star is a black gay dude. Right? And yeah. I was like. Never mind. It's oh. so like on one hand, people he are was like, honest oh, he was me. so and honest. I was like, okay. But then he's also almost spitting in your face. Yeah. Like, I, I, it's, it's this weird. Well, look, let's see. I, let's see here's, go, go here's the thing I was going to say. What I'm seeing, and this is where everything is now just like. This level of like lines are being drawn, mm-hmm. and they're like really heavy lines with like pickaxes and shit in the ground. They're making these things so deep. It's that people want revenge now. The way I see things happening now, there's a lot of people who are going. I'm just doing this. I'm, I'm do only hiring way. women writers now. I'm only. Oh yeah, I hear it all the time. I'm the only going to hire black people on mm-hmm. this. Only, and it's just like that's fucked. And it's like people work. I remember there was an announcement the other day that um, I guess Josh Whedon is doing Batgirl. Batgirl. People lost mm-hmm. their damn And the Batgirl's like, why is it not a woman doing I'm this? I'm like, it's Josh Whedon. Whedon. <laughs> it's Josh Whedon. You guys don't have powerful women on car- on TV unless he's fucking. Right. And like, you, the and only like, reason you know of him is because, because of, of his powerful, powerful women. women. <laughs> well, did you, you heard what happened to Kimberly Pierce in Portland at what? Reed no. College? No, no. Did you hear about this? Mm-mm. You talk about the pendulum swinging too far the other direction. So Kimberly Pierce, Boys Don't Cry, right? Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. right. Which basically opened the fucking doors. Right, that's true for for trans and for and oh every, yeah, yeah, the the gay so community the got yeah. on the road. So yeah. she goes they, to do this Q and A to screen the movie, twenty yeah, five year old movie. Right, screens it at Reed College. Kimberly Pierce has to leave the stage because all these protesters came on saying, "You, how dare you have put Hillary Swank, Swank in that role? And that should have been. And you don't. How dare you profit off of a transgender story when you're, you know? It, it was like the most screwed Stupid. up. And this is why Craig Mazin and John August did a whole episode about. Oh, did they? they? This, they is, this oh, is why though. <clears throat> and this is the problem with. And I've said this on my Twitter. I'll say this in anyone's face who wants to have it in their face. Mm-hmm. This is why white supremacy is bullshit. It's not bullshit because of all the other things. It is bullshit because of all the other things. But white supremacy as a concept fucks with white people, and it forces all the people who are the enemies of white supremacy, they think. Not all of us, because I'm an enemy enemy of white supremacy, (laughs) and I don't do this. I'm a Sesame Street kid. But it forces you into your corner where the only people you'll accept are the people who are just like you. And... I absolutely understand the need when there's 3% fucking directors, female directors, and you know that the ability is not the reason they're only getting 3%. The DJ doesn't have only 3% female directors. Right. Mm-hmm. So I understand when a, a show like Harlot says, women wrote this, women produced this, yeah. women directed the shit out of this. Yeah. I understand Ava that. Ava on Queen Sugar. Same right? on Queen Sugar yeah. and same on the next, the next Atlanta, season of Jessica, starting to do uh, Jessica Jones. Only black writers that. and shit. And- Don't you feel ashamed of yourselves, Hollywood, that you forced these women 
and these black people mm-hmm. and these Asian people to literally stake out a gangster claim. That is. Oh, damn. I never okay. thought about it like that. No, it is. It's, right. it's, no, their no, territory. No, 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 no. That's real. Because no, no, of no, your no. shit. Yeah. I saw it. Uh, the first time I saw it is, is there was a transcript. This is maybe two years ago now of Jill Soloway. When mm-hmm. She went to AFI. And she was like saying, so what I want to see over the next hundred years, basically, I'm not quoting, but she, she was like, what I want to see over the next hundred years is, let's flip it. I want 90% of the films directed by women and 3% directed by men. And I was kind of like, no, you no, bitch. I can't agree with that. That is just like, the, you know what? That's the reason why certain people will say we're not getting rid of the system because right. that kind of like... Right. Like, and you don't get like, the best like, quality then the, the, either. And see, it says see, that the system isn't wrong. It's just wrong because it's fucking with me. Yeah, right. right. And I'm like, that's not right. That's not right. You, you know, I, I'm, I mean, I'm curious to see what they do with Jessica Jones. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I mean, the second season. I mean, I don't know how that works. Mm-hmm. I was not too interested. Well, in, I'll have you on when Rosemary Rodriguez comes back. Okay. She'll okay, be back okay, on. Okay, excuse me, because like, yeah. I, I wasn't too interested in seeing Queen Sugar mm-hmm. primarily because of that mandate of it's only like women directors. Yeah. And I mean, and because to me, I'm just kind of like, I love women directors. Mm-hmm. I've seen so many of like their, their work. I mean, there's like a slew of, of, of French and, and Italian directors from the 70s whose just work is phenomenal. It's amazing. And like people don't like know them, respect them, or anything like that. But you can't take it. I mean, if someone said to me, I want to get Liliana um, Caviani, who did The, the mm-hmm. Night Porter, I'm, I'm, I'm looking at her work. And I have to now not get, you know, like, you know, like Rainer Fassbender's work because I don't want to have to deal with a, you know, like white man with, with, with his film, you know? And I'm just like, no, that's wrong. That's like trying to say that, it's trying to say now that these men don't have a valid point of view primarily because they have been in charge for so long. And that's just, that's equally fucked up. Well, let me say two things about that. One, mm-hmm. three things. One, we're going to get massive amount of shit for four guys talking about the plight of women on your yeah, show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, although we're all humans and we can relate, I'm just expect a download of, fuck you, bunch of dudes. Look at a picture of this. Okay. That's one. Two. Um, <laughs> there's the way TV works, they have to build up chips. Okay. The, 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 the next show has to be able to look at that resume and say, oh, they've worked on show X, show Y, whatever, in order to bring them in. The way things are structured right now, that first job is often the only job, and then they don't come back because they were only brought in on a token basis. Well, diversity thing, yeah. But no matter what anybody says, I'm guessing with Queen Sugar, the way normal TV shows work is they have directors in rotation. Mm-hmm. So they're going to admit four or five directors, and they're going to keep coming back, which means they're going to be stacking up chips, and they're going to say, I directed on Queen Sugar for X number of seasons, however many it went. I can do the long distance. Yeah. I know how to work with a network, blah, blah, blah. I things, can do NCIS NOLA now. Right. Mm-hmm. Things are not afforded to them in the normal... It's afforded to them technically in the structure, but the way the structure is played, it isn't afforded to them. So they can't, they can't do it otherwise. They literally have to do it this way because of the wall that's set up against them. Well, so, okay, so look, I agree with you. There is that. I mean, this is a woman who's directed on Queen Sugar. Her, her name is Vic Mahoney. Mm-hmm. Uh, a friend of mine used to work at Alcon. I was like, oh, you got to look at this woman's reel. She did a really small film with, uh, with, with Lenny Kravitz's daughter, mm-hmm. like No Money, and, and no one saw it. It was, it was very similar to, 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 to Ava DuVernay's film, Middle of Nowhere. Middle of Nowhere. And 
It was a really good movie. Really, really good movie. Mm. Um, and it's actually not available. Like, it, there's like a stream. It's like a bootleg stream on really? YouTube. What? But the movie is not available anywhere. And I was like, how do I even find this? Mm. It just happened. And it's, that right there is the crime to me because I was mm-hmm. like, her work. The people in town are talking about these development executives like that, but we the public can't even see it. And that to me was the huge crime. I was like, fuck, mm. that's fucked up. But it's great that she's working, you know, and that she, like, you know, a, a friend of mine who worked on the show, or oh, you know, Denise, mm-hmm. um, I think she, I think like like she met Vic and all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and had this kind of rapport with her. I don't think she did her episode, but she said she was amazing. And I just feel like, yeah, that's right. These women do need exactly what you're talking about. They do, they do need all this kind of stuff to cut down all. It's you know, it's the reverse, the death of a thousand customers. I, I gotta get all these things cleared off so you can't be right. an asshole and tell me no because right. I haven't oh you know I mean the thing they might say is well that was on Oprah's network that wasn't on you know it's easy. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, but I mean there's gonna be all that bullshit that com- but that be bullshit all- becomes more and more I mean let's get it let's get it real no one's gonna out loud say any of that crap but yeah. amongst themselves the conversation is going to start to sound more and more ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The less the, the 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 points that you start yeah. to bring up against these directors, which are bullshit now, clearly bullshit now. There will be no running room after someone's done X number of seasons on Inferior Hit Show. Yeah. You can't really say no to them. The problem is, from your point of view, Chris, you're a filmmaker. You come from a world where you're the captain of the ship, and often you're the creator of the project. Uh, a lot of these directors want to be you, but the work that they can get is now in these all-female whatever TV shows. Some of them want to be TV directors because it's a legitimate, great profession. Sure. But some of them are want to want to be I film directors, I know. and they fall into that hole of, well, your movie didn't do so great, and you're a chick. It must be because you're a chick. Get out. And you can't work. Right. right. I, I get that. And you know there's a, new, there's a new mandate at the DGA now. Which is what? You can't even join the DGA unless you take their... They have like a yeah. little workshop class or some shit you have to go through because they don't, they don't allow you to be... Because it used to be that, say you guys are running the show, mm-hmm. and you haven't directed yet, and you know the show's about to end, so you want to direct the show so you can get in. Right. The DJ, you can't even do that anymore. Okay. It's their shot against the directors exactly. have no it's power their control. in TV. Fair. It's their way of, That's yeah. fair. It's, yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, look, you know, I'll tell you, like, this, this thing it did in Atlanta was a very interesting experience because we got hired to direct this thing. Okay. <laughs> and the guys were very much... Not trying to hear any kind of like commentary about the writing and can you upgrade it and can you do this kind of stuff like this? And it was an interesting experience. I'm annoyed at them right now, by the way. Well, whatever. <laughs> I mean, ex- and so it was a very interesting ex- uh, experience yeah. to just figure out to be in that position of not being, you know, this is the, the you know, to, to be the master of the thing, right? But you come in, it's and, weird, right? And you, it's weird because I'm saying to myself. I, I, I said to myself the whole time that my brother and I were working, I was like, why did you hire us? Why did you hire us? Because we told you early on, mm-hmm. we're not just guys who direct this stuff. Like, we write, direct everything, and we write just to be writing, even if mm-hmm. we don't direct. So it's like, we understand story. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been in the you know the Writers Guild for twelve years. You know, I mean, the fuck, I've I've worked with an Oscar-winning producer on a project. Mm-hmm. I'm not like someone who doesn't know. So when I so when I give you the suggestion about you know, the, the structure of a scene. I'm not saying change the scene. I'm just saying, like, like lay it out differently. Keep yeah. everything you want there, just lay it out so it's not, I'm going to blow my wad in the first line, mm-hmm. and then everything else is like these little drips, drips to convince them. I was like, no, you got to like flip it so mm-hmm. it builds. Otherwise, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, resistance. And I was like, okay. 
I get it. I get now where these tell. But I still think it was a good experience for was you. It was a great experience. It was, was this it was a TV fasc- or film project. It was a it was it was pilot presentation. It was pilot presentation. Pilot, okay, so it, was, TV. it was fascinating, yeah. and I love those guys to even give us the opportunity because it, mm-hmm. it 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 taught me what probably what a lot of my career has to be. Mm. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not doing it at a spot where like. The network's gonna be like fuck him and his brother. Don't hire them no more. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like okay. So now I know. Yeah, because you guys are professional on the, on, the whole, on the set. There's a whole it shows. Whole, I mean, a whole whole different type of like uh, approach to it. You know, mm-hmm. I, it's interesting you said about um, the being the king, master of the kingdom. Just cool documentary on Uh-oh. on Netflix right now that you got to see. Which one? It's called Five Came Back. Five Came Back. Okay. That's a cool title. It's, it's, it's a, four, a four or five part thing about five big time fucking Hollywood filmmakers who went to World War II and uh, John Ford, Frank oh, Capra, right, right. Um, John Huston, George Stevens, and um, and and uh, Billy uh, William Wyler. Okay, and 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 Lawrence Kasdan made a fascinating point. He was like. Directors are the princes of Hollywood. They're not the kings, <laughs> even though they might. You know, they think they are. They're not. They they get a, they get afforded no, a lot. The they, yeah, they get afforded a lot. And I think it's the case when it is in television. You look at it that way. You're not the king. You can't be the. You, you, you might be the king in the indie world, but that's not Hollywood. And you have to come in and you have to kind of like subvert your vision to what this, the the person who hired you. Like once, you know, because I mean, I, I think that's just, you know, part of what the, the process is overall. And I, I and I think a lot of it with the diversity is do these do the, do the people in charge think that these these underlings are the are are going to give them shit or not? Or are they going to fit within that, that 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 plan? Because the thing I hear a lot is that is that that guys don't want women around because they have to deal with that. That that personality difference. See, I think that's horseshit, and here's why. And I'm not saying it to you. It's a bad here's why, excuse. Here's why it's horseshit. When I talk to fledgling writers, a lot of the time they talk about, well, how do I write a person of this type? How do I write a, a woman? How do I write a gay person? How do I? I'm like, there's no such thing as un- I don't know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. That, that question has no meaning. It has a bunch of words in it, but the, they don't add up to meaning anything. There's no such thing as a person. There's yeah. Phil. There's Mike. Mm-hmm. There's Shirley. Mm-hmm. There's, Ka- there's Katrina. Right. You can get a guru to charge you money to tell you how to do that, but it's <laughs> right. going to be bullshit. It's all bullshit. There's no such thing as A. But what happens is people who are – let's get it Let's get it real. We talked about this before the, the, the show started taping. Hollywood's just one more of the industries in America. Mm-hmm. This is not something different than what's going on at Ford or mm-hmm. you know Google or wherever, right? Sure. It's everyone, worse in Silicon every, Valley. But. Everyone <laughs> pretends that all this giant shock when some local newspaper goes, well, they discriminate against this block of women at this place or these Asian dudes got treated like shit over here. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, shocking. What, what year is it? How long has the country been going? Is this news or are we just talking about it? <laughs> Right. Um, the thing is, is that when I walk into a room, I'm either dealing with a person who's looking for a writer, just a writer, doesn't care. And, and that I don't see no color thing is not really part of it. It's I want a group of minds in this room that are going to both be different from one another and mesh together in a way that will make my idea great. Sure. That's the job of a show creator, showrunner. OK, but 
the culture of Hollywood has been insular since it was created. It was created by a bunch of white dudes. It was run by a bunch of white dudes for decades and decades and decades. And then when it was taken over by corporations, those corporations are largely run by white dudes. And like it, there's what I call social inertia. There's, it's been moving in a direction for so long that when I walk into a room, a lot of people reduce me to my weight and my size and my eight and my skin color, my gender. Right? I've been in rooms of women that are like, oh, dude, and here's another dude. What's he, what stupid fucking thing is he going to say? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, can I talk first? Right? Mm-hmm. Can I actually say the stupid thing? I might just say the stupid thing. You know? <laughs> or a bunch of gay people who are assuming, mm-hmm. based on whatever I'm looking like or dressed like that mm-hmm. day, a whole bunch of shit that probably isn't true of me. <laughs> okay? And there's nothing I can do about their assumptions except be me at them. Right? The problem becomes, I think, when... We can't have a frank discussion about it where the other person, like, I'll admit when I do something sexist. I've been called on shit that I didn't know was sexist. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, crap, I better stop doing that. Yeah. I thought I was being nice. Shit, that's patriarchal shit. I don't want to be doing that, you know. But on the other side of that. But is that because you come from a place of where you only have to tell you once? I'm, I try to make it only once. You know what I mean? But the other thing is, is what we were talking about um, with the Boys Don't Cry thing. The, the, all the out groups, it's not just, right now it's transgender people because they're really getting a shit end of a lot of sticks right now. But the, the huge monolith of this bad thing has forced all the little groups that are the, the victims of the bad thing to back up against a wall where all they can accept is people like themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, it's, it's, and, there's, a, there's a high degree of tribalism at, yeah. at, like at work, and and to me, but that's only good if it works for you. Yeah, yeah, but to me, to me, I just feel like it's. I feel like it's just difficult, and I, I, I honestly wonder if it affects the work because I haven't seen stuff yet that has been, you know, that's come out of these kind of like, you know, these these. These people have circled the wagons, mm-hmm. and this is the project. Well, I look at up. Lexi's work. Let's let's take Punisher uh, Warzone because a okay. lot of people have seen that. Um, there's nothing about her being a woman that informs that movie in the sense of the generic sense of woman. Didn't occur to me that a woman directed it. Didn't occur to me a woman didn't direct it. I was genuinely shocked to see the percentages. That I was like, really? Only three percent? Holy crap! Like to me, that's just mind-bogglingly stupid. That means you're definitely leaving great directors on the table mm-hmm. because of their gender. That's fucking. Stupid. Well, that's it's. I mean, like I okay. said, it's absolutely criminal. I mean, I, but with her work, I will also look at the way she shot Punisher Warzone, and I look at that first season of Daredevil on mm-hmm. Netflix. Sorry, that's guys, that was her and her DP that gave you your look. That was bad. That was <laughs> like a straight up lift. Nothing that DPs don't do from time to time. I'm sure they were. And I, by the way, I've worked for Marvel off and on. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Uh, this isn't anything I know from the top, and I, I hope I don't get any flack for this. But the visual style of Daredevil is almost exactly the same as the visual style of Punisher Warzone. Yeah, that's a good point. And she did get hired on the show. Has she directed yeah. an episode of Daredevil? They, she, they go into meetings, and I have no idea about Daredevil, but I'm sure they sit down and like, let's. Do you see Punisher? We got That's yeah. what we yeah. got to do. We got to make it look like that, mm-hmm. right? Like, but why isn't she the in-house director? Why isn't? Yeah, so, exactly. So, as we start to wind down, let me just ask you this, Paul. You would when 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 you when you you texted me, you said um, you wanted to talk about how when you say how you say um, like how to solve diversity issue. So how do you? How can we? Let's talk about some of those things. Well, that was what that, can we do to solve? What can Hollywood in particular do to yeah. solve the? Issue? Well, that's that's where I, I, I talked about earlier, and and it's and it's in that context of the 
you know, it's easy to say just hire the best person for the job because then there won't be a diversity issue. But we're already so far behind, you know, because like these guys who now who realize, hey, I got seven white writers on my staff. I better hire a black mm-hmm. female so then people won't say I'm a racist. And it's like, but I they find, think they, they really think they're contributing by bringing. Well, in that's it. And when I and my thing is, is like, you know what? Great. You know, black female writers, fantastic. But if you're hiring a writer because she's black and she's female, or if you're hiring a writer because he's gay, mm-hmm. or if you're hiring anyone because of anything other than their writing or their directing, mm-hmm. there's a very good chance you're not going to get the best product. You know, there are terrible straight white male writers. And mm-hmm. terrible are, black writers. And ter- I know. Yes. <laughs> right? and Any terrible black writers. And yes. that's, my, that's sort of my point about this. If, if you... Not only will, will the quality of the work just go up exponentially around the industry, but it'll just, the diversity thing will take care of itself. Now, I know that's Pollyanna because we're already so far behind the eight ball, mm-hmm. but, but that's it. If you're putting a show together, it, you know, not these existing shows that they're trying to make up for their mistake, like Chris no. said, but if you're putting a show together, you know what? Hire the best people for the job. And, and I think it goes back to something you said early in this podcast insecurity like this business is almost built on insecurity and and the thing is like when i think about it anyone i know who's racist or sexist they're some of the most insecure people in the world exactly and it's like you know some some man who's who's you know thinks that women aren't equal or better well that's that dude's own insecurity own issues somebody who has a problem you know with somebody's race or somebody's sexuality or something that's their own problem that they're in, and you know, how do you fix that? It's like, mm-hmm. it, it's just, unless people are going to go and do a bunch of work on themselves and, and get past the self-loathing and all that, you know, we're going to have this problem. Sure. And well, so, yeah, I, go, I, go I, man. I, 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 mean, in a, in a, I mean, there's two things. That. One, I think there was someone, I want to say it was Matt Weiner who said in that book, Difficult Men, which is a great book for, it's a for, great for, book. for mm-hmm. TV writers to read. Uh, you know, like writers, you, you don't have the disposition to be managers. So that's why when you put writers in the, in the soap in the showrunner position, you know, the thing that probably makes them a good writer is probably what makes them a bad, you know, fucking <laughs> manager. Because they're, funny, you know, right? I mean, but if they're secure, then they get people around them that can do it. You know, it's right. like, like 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 Barbara Hall again, going back to judging name, which she's old, but she's so brilliant. And I and I am. You know, I don't know anything about Madam Secretary right now because I don't. Oh, work I'm sort of watching that. I actually like that show. Yeah, Barbara's but she, shit. Barbara, knew that about herself. Like she was a writer first and foremost. Mm-hmm. She brought in Hart Hansen, and she brought in somebody that knows, like, okay, I'm doing my writer thing. This person's going to make sure the trains run on time, and this mm-hmm. person's going, you know, because she was secure with herself and didn't, you know, it was best idea wins, and and you know, and it's her show. It's I her would, show. I, mean, I, would, I, you, I mean, there's a there should be a certain confidence role in right. that. It's my show, and it got yeah. through all the shit that you got to get the show in And here. so it's mm-hmm. like, you know, Matt Weiner, then you know what? Quit trying to do everything oh. yourself and fucking hire somebody <laughs> that, you know, isn't going to let you run $2 million over budget and do all that. You or know, don't that have bullshit. a room. Do the true detective thing and just take the time to write to every write, episode yeah. yourself. Yeah. You know, if you yeah. don't trust those people, don't hire those people. Mm-hmm. But now, Here's the thing I wanted to say about about a solve. Here's a, here's a solve, because you mentioned... We gotta hire like the black female in this. I almost feel like the problem is that you only have one diversity slot. 
I think you need two. Because it goes back to the thing because this see, dude hired see, a bunch of white guys, see, so now he's only now, now uh, Jeff. You're mad, but this this is, but, <laughs> but can I? I want to cut in on this. I understand the reason for the quote unquote diversity slot, okay? And many of my friends have gotten gigs because of this, and sure. God bless these programs and all of that shit. I personally, the committee is full of people now. I personally have never taken us, the diversity <laughs> slot. I take writer jobs. I have told my agents if it's a diversity slot, don't unless don't I am me. broke and destitute, I am not taking that slot mm-hmm. because it's just there for my skin color. Mm-hmm. Well, I, 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 let me tell you, let me just walk that back. I'm not saying that you need to have that like that 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 affirmative action type thing, but but the problem is is this right? And I say this is because I hear this from the black female who's been hired in this position because it's obviously people say if I get a black woman. Then I fill these two boxes. Right, I got two right. birds with one stone. But the problem is, is oh, that is, is, is that is that the I, I mean, like I hear these black women, the, the the litany of complaints coming out their mouth. It's like I'm the only one there, and and I feel like I'm being ganged up on. And it's like mm-hmm. you can't. It's that almost sets them up to fail because they don't have any exactly kind of like right. person in the group with them. Okay, that, I, I'm going to disagree. They're coming in with the showrunner not respecting them. That's true. I agree with what you're saying, but I'll, I will say this on the other side of that, and this is where I start to step out and black people get mad at me when I say shit like this. Say it. Uh, <clears throat> Jackie Robinson was by himself. Okay? Good point. And nothing you're dealing with comes anywhere near what Jackie Robinson had to deal mm-hmm. with in that game. I okay. look, I agree with you. This I totally is, agree with there's you. no crying in fucking baseball. <laughs> All right. You're the new kid on that block. Everyone's been the new kid on that block. I don't give a shit if you have allies or not. You're not there to have allies. You're there to serve me, the showrunner. So as long as that showrunner's happy with you, fuck all these other people. Which is okay. kind of what Taraji's character did, and right? I, and she I'm, didn't really have anybody. I, 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 she had her friends to talk to in Hidden Figures. You take that oh, stuff. She yes, had yes, to. Yes, she yes, had to yes, prove it home. No, 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 right? no. I agree with you. So I, there, I, but within our sub, within our particular subculture, there is this whole thing of, well, I'm only one up in here and blah, blah. And I'm like, look, kill it. <laughs> kill it. Then there'll be two. Be undeniable. Right? Yeah, no, you, you, no, no you, you don't get that but, whiny shit. Yeah, but see, I feel like, okay, this is something that kind of goes, this is maybe, if you have a few more minutes, I'll get to this. I agree with you. I think because in my experience, I've been the only black guy in a lot of situations. Yeah. And, it, and you know what? And it never bothers me. Mm-hmm. I actually don't see myself as being the only black guy. I'm, I'm, I'm always saying to myself, I was like, how do I fucking beat everybody? How, 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 or, or how do I do the best that I can do because I'm here and mm-hmm. I know that the competition is high regardless of who the hell mm-hmm. I'm, I'm up against. You, so, you have, so you have to do the best that you can. You have to, you have to be the best. But I think that. It goes back to what, what Paul and Hill you're saying about the insecurity, because I feel there's a sense of you're insecure. Because one of the things I heard one time someone saying is that, and this is what, this is this 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 I don't understand. This is not my experience. Is that there's always this conversation that when I was growing up, I never saw anybody as a writer who was black who had any success. I never saw a photographer who right. had this, and I'm kind of like. Which is our argument within the NAACP yeah, Image Awards, right? And, and to me, I'm <laughs> yeah. kind of like, I, you know what? That is weird to me because because when I'm growing up, mm-hmm. I know about Langston Hughes. Mm-hmm. I know about like Lorraine Hansberry. Mm-hmm. I know about Gordon Parks. Yep. I know about, uh, you know, who's the guy who wrote Kane? Who's that? Uh, 
uh, you know what I'm talking about. You know, this, I have that book at home. Yeah, I mean, there's it, a book called Cain <laughs> yeah. about this guy. It's about it's, 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 this Lycian black guy who's passing. It's yeah. a really interesting oh, book. Oh, yeah. okay. Um, it's from like the 1920s or something like that. Okay. It's like, I know about Duke Ellington. I know about these people. The people in our, there's always been black people doing mm-hmm. the thing. Mm-hmm. So you can't. So to have the excuse about what well, I never knew, I never saw the writer. I didn't think there's a like writers could do this, you know, this thing. Mm-hmm. So I, it never occurred to me as that's a, a career path. So I didn't. St- you're ignorant. Look, you're I, ignorant of your own situation. Correct. If you're good, it's, it's it's only if you hear like about, about little things you don't know. Like for instance, again in this thing, the five came back. There's a movie that they were gonna make. They did make it. It's called The Negro Soldier. Okay. It was a uh, it was a propaganda piece, and they hired some really really famous black player. I forget his name at the time, but but these but Frank Capra like knew this guy. And it was like I'm bringing this guy in to write this thing, mm-hmm. and it's really fucking cool. And I'm American. gonna have, I'm, and, and I'm gonna bring in like William Wyler to do mm-hmm. this. So it was like there were black playwrights then doing mm-hmm. shit. You know who's ignorant of our own culture, mm-hmm. and, and 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 that can't be an excuse as to why you don't feel you're that you're as good as someone who knows about Tennessee Williams and people like that growing up because they see them being celebrated. I will say this: uh, ironically, on a show, Paul and I were both on Leverage. Uh, I was sitting in a room where. One of the fun things my showrunner and one of the other writers like to do, both of them went to like big smarty pants colleges, was play weird ass math games with each other. They'd throw <laughs> formula at each other and then oh they would throw yeah. somebody else back. And then at the end of the game, they would both laugh. And I'm like, that was yeah. just numbers and, and symbols I and was, shit. And right? just, I like eggs. Right. <laughs> and then uh, we got a writing team, Colton and Abood, both Harvard grads, funny as hell, smart as hell, and everyone's going around. And I went to CalArts, and my degree is in acting, which I'm not doing anymore. Mm-hmm. And I was sitting there, and I made a comment. I was like, uh, no, John looked at me. He's like, what's up, Jeff? I was like, I don't know. I feel, I'm not used to it, but I, right now, for one of the first times in my life, I feel kind of small in a room full of all these diplomas and shit. Yeah. And he's like, or... And I was like, oh, I like that sentence. Finish it, right? And he's like, or everyone here writing with you went to all these freaking schools and blah, 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 and you didn't, and you're here. Shouldn't they be more worried about you? John Rogers. And I was like, well, that's the end of that insecurity. I will never feel like this again. And he's not wrong. And that's the problem I, I, I understand the need for, and please keep them right now while idiots need them as the training wheels, the diversity hire. Keep it absolutely because the people who are doing the hiring are morons, and they need the training wheels to learn how to be decent. Mm-hmm. Yes. But in the real world, the person who fought so hard, the person who busted their ass so much more, because it's already an ass bust to get a writing job. It's mm-hmm. already that. Mm-hmm. But the level of difficulty for a minority person to, in addition to that, Right, it's like going from I guess like the home game to the Olympic level game, <laughs> right? Yeah. So, if you are that person, even if you got the diversity seat because of your skin color or who you like to sleep with or whatever the hell mm-hmm. it is that got you in that box, and by that I mean your gayness or straightness, mm-hmm. not your particular person you like to sleep with, <laughs> uh, understand your job is to kick every ass, right, for your boss. Even if the boss doesn't respect you right away, even if the boss is like, oh, oh, there's the girl talking again. That sucks. It absolutely sucks. Well, let me use that to you then. So you're talking about that. And we have a few more minutes. They just okay. said they're going to be a few minutes later. Um, have you guys been in a room where you dealt with somebody difficult and had to earn 
the respect back and now and now it became cool, which is kind of what you're saying. Well, you got to earn it. Right? I will say that I've dealt with writers that are difficult, but not in this arena. Okay. Um, for the most part, I've been lucky enough to be. You on, smile like uh, you've dealt with some shit. He's been on more shows than me. Um, no, but, it's our show, uh, <laughs> but it's just not. A, you just were. Uh, you know what? You're probably just ignoring that shit. Like uh, I don't. No, I, I don't no, ignore no, it. No, but I know the context. Is but different. there's yeah. yeah, it's a different kind of thing. Um, but I've heard so many stories from often my female friends, um, which is really is shitty for the ladies. In a it lot is. Of ways. It really is. I, I don't understand who raised these dudes. When I looked at the shit that these people had done to get on the uh, sexual harassment thing, mm-hmm. I'm like anything I do that is infringing upon a, a woman or or a non-straight person's uh, lifestyle, whatever mm-hmm. life choices or whatever you want to call it, that's mm-hmm. socially acceptable, is inadvertent. And I expect that person to say, "Jeff, you stepped over." This is an area that you did not know about. Mm. Please don't do that again because another person would take real offense to that. Absolutely. I know you and I know you didn't mean it. And that to way. me, that's a friend telling you that. That's what real friends do. You feel me? That's yeah. what they do. Yeah. But, but they've told stories. And so much of it is mixed up in personal cronyism, mm-hmm. so much of it mixed up in sexism and racism that it's all one little ball. Mm-hmm. And any thread in that ball, uh, the person, they do it in secret. Therefore, they're ashamed of it. They mm. don't do it. Like proudly, let's say like uh, Michael Bay is proud of his behavior, <laughs> um, whatever it might be. He just does not give a shit, no. right? Um, says so, point blank. Go fuck yourselves. No. I'm Michael Bay, no. right? But most of these cats, they get caught, right? They're, they're hiding their sexism. Well, yeah, well I mean, look, look. They, I mean, a friend of mine was working on a show, her first show, and just she would call me up almost weekly about the 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 the, the abuse. Yeah. And then she also told me it was like the other, there was a woman who was the, the showrunner's assistant who was mm-hmm. like one of the like the, the like the oh sp- the, I know that really gets you <laughs> like the spearhead <laughs> of the abuse that is you know they they do all this kind of like you know these machi- these machinations mm-hmm. in the background you're right there's never this this public assault and it's like I I mean like I it's fucked up I mean it's I I, I to me to me it's it's hard enough being black. And knowing about certain things that are happening that that you sense is is like pushed back from your skin, mm-hmm. it's like I could not. It's hard for me to even like to, ex- to extend the understanding of if I'm a woman as a person of color, then then what else is coming? That's at a two me? for That's one. A whole you know, I mean, a, I, yeah. I mean, I mean, I I, Go ahead, Paul, I, I know it's there, right, but right. it's fucked. I, I mean, it's it's funny because maybe, maybe this is how we wind this up because it's almost bringing it back to the original genesis of this podcast. Mm-hmm. Is okay. We know this problem exists, and and so if you know if you're gonna find a sh- if you're gonna be the black female writer and you know you're getting called in on a show that has six white guys in the room and they're calling you because maybe there's four other black female writers that are way better than you and they're all working so you know you get this gig or whoever you are if you're gay if you're straight if mm-hmm. you're if you're black white male female it comes back to be as good as you can be because prove yourself because they if, if you go and this is the other problem with the diversity thing when they try to fix it like that they bring in a you know and and we keep using black female just because it's it's just an easy shorthand they bring in that person mm-hmm. that person is yeah okay you know then the next time they go and it's like oh yeah well we hired a black female in the last oh, show. Yeah, yeah. it's like oh, yeah. you know, and, it, oh, yeah. and it's like so yeah so if you're female if you're a person of color if you you unfortunately it's not fair but it's right you have to be better defy expectations you have to defy expectations your original yeah. thing in this podcast is bust your ass and write your ass mm-hmm. off and get as good as you can be you have to you have to be 
you know, it was a friend of mine, he's a comedy writer, he was telling me, he was, and he was, I asked him to give me comments on a, a spec I was writing to get into one of these programs a couple of years ago. And he said to me, he said, look, I found like four punctuation errors in mm-hmm. your thing. You can't have any of those. I was like, okay, it's fine. I mean, I get it. And he, and he was like, because they'll remember that the black guy had the punctuation errors. Mm. They won't remember if the white guys do. It's true. And I was like, uh, what? Yeah. That's fucked. It's unfair. That's real fucked. <laughs> because the thing is, is that you can go pick up any script that's been, you know, these published movies or oh, yeah. scripts. They're, they're, they're riddled with pu- yeah. pu- punctuation, of spelling. They are. People make errors. People make errors. But you can't make that error. And the studio won't hire a copy editor like yeah. Publishing yeah. does. Yeah. So, I mean, I yeah. don't know what to tell you. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, you it's know. up to you to maybe even do that mm-hmm. because it's hard to copy edit your own work. Because mm-hmm. if you don't, They'll find the reason to say, you know what, he fucking misspelled this on the on on, on page forty four. What's that yeah. thing they call? You'll it? have three, and they'll they'll make it look like they, you have hundred. They call it Inflate Gate, right? Yeah. The thing about yeah. the the uh, the ball being inflated. Yeah, 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 right? yeah, yeah, right? yeah, okay. yeah. Patriots. Did that? Did that? Did that ring get taken away? Did that trophy get taken away? <laughs> it's unfair. Okay, guys, it's unfair. There's no crying in baseball. Mm-hmm. All right, you elected to be in this arena. You must know the rules of the arena. Yes, they're fucked. And they change the goalposts. And they all change the, the goalposts all the time. <laughs> and yet you some of it, us... You just move it over to the right. You know what? But some <laughs> of us manage to do it. Mm-hmm. So some of us manage, let's say, Ava DuVernay. Let's say, mm-hmm. uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Shondaland. It's mm-hmm. Shondaland, folks. It's Shondaland. Yeah. She was just a writer. And I say right. just in the sense of there's a bunch of us out yeah. here banging. She, she was exactly it. where you were. Right. Right. She started like you. she is the single most powerful person in television, in television. is a black female. Because of her writing. Right. Because she came to it's play, the okay. and she defeated everyone else in the arena. That's right, and you're, and that's people always say this. Why do you always say gunslinger, gladiator, all that stuff? Mm-hmm. It isn't that I'm a particularly violent individual, or I expect you to think about everyone as somebody partially worthy of, worthy of killing. <laughs> Okay, what I'm saying is you have to come in with that steel. You have to come in with that hardness and understand mm-hmm. no matter what is shot at me, I'm going to have a shield for it. If it knocks me down, I get back up. If it takes off my arm, mm-hmm. I go to that crazy guy who invents mechanical <laughs> arms and I get another freaking arm and I come back mm-hmm. because everyone else is playing that hard. But mm-hmm. what you know what what he and so people understand what he means by that is get good at your craft right. and your art because Shonda didn't come in like trying to Kick people's asses, and she came right. in not knowing anything about production. That's she right. wrote, she wrote her ass off, and before she became big, before she even got those feature gigs, she wrote and wrote and wrote, and then she kept writing and kept writing, and she still writes her ass off. Right. So, well, yeah, she, she. I mean, look, she does. I mean, I mean, I mean, the thing is, is that you people forget. I mean, she wrote that Justin and Britney thing right. or whatever, mm-hmm. right? And then she was able to flip that into the Dorothy Dangerous thing, right? Which, so, and that's. Prior to the Grace thing, oh yeah, and Ray it's Potter. like so. It's it's kind of like she just was she was making it work, and and, and honestly, I I don't know who's proud of that Justin and whatever thing. I mean, I I don't like anybody involved that would, would be, but she made it work to is a stepping stone to where she is now. See, she knowing she, that she owns comes that from night that tells you that you're more than what you write. Exactly the fact that she could do that and Grace and all yeah. those other and rooms. the fact that she didn't that when that happened she didn't go like. Okay, where's my corner office now? Right. I got a movie exactly, made. Exactly. You know, yeah. she was like, "I'm on to the next thing." I she types no fade out. For this. I'm on to the next thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know, it's. I mean, and nobody talks about it. it's so funny when you talk about all this big diversity. From the most powerful person right. in our really television industry, that's right, is this woman? Yeah, she owns the night. And Tyler's, probably, more Tyler's than that. probably the most. 
uh, powerful independent one. Her, you know, at least one of them. Yeah, but her I mean, tr- her staff trickle down shows where she's her head is. Her room is not all black. Nope, it's no. not all gay people. It's no. not all women. No. She's hiring people in theory that the she has deemed to be <laughs> yeah. the best. She has so, a no asshole policy. That's so what I say is this: yeah. the way to fix it is to look at sports, which I don't follow. Okay, <laughs> I don't know. Sporty guys doing sports. sporty things. This, well, they got the uniforms on. They got the uniform. I know how to play. I just don't follow. Okay, but <laughs> the pastime like is filtered into the culture. You want to go play baseball? I can play baseball with you. But the point is this. They broke the color line. Eventually, they'll break the gender line. Yeah. Why? Because they want to win. Mm-hmm. That's it. They don't care. Those guys back in the day were not suddenly not racist the way they were the day before. Yeah, the Dodgers were like, were like you know what? Like, if we want to get the pennant, then we, we got to get Jackie right? Robinson. Yeah, right? they were like, we about to, yeah. we need to whip these people's and to asses. To the point of Shonda, she owns an entire night of TV. She has so many shows on the air. She's more powerful than even David Kelly used to be. Right. And if you look at, okay, how did she do that? She did it because she hired the best fucking people that oh, she yeah. could hire. She didn't care what color they were. I'm trying she didn't to win care this. what gender they were. She's like, I need to make the best stuff. Right. And she and won the, the way, night. I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, like, like Grey's an interesting show because it was like it can. It just. It, the motherfucker's still on. on the air. 14 seasons win. 49 seasons. No, no, it was no. actually on in the 50s and no one knows. Stop no, it. I'm Here's the thing. It's one of the things that used to play. On, is, bitch. Is, you, you have to, you have, even if you don't like the kind of material that Shonda creates, mm-hmm. look at the fact of this. She's had failures, big failures on TV series, shows that have gone on and got canceled mm-hmm. pretty fast. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about them. That's new. That's right. That used to be like, oh, the black person or the woman or the Chinese person or whatever. Mm -hmm. They got their show on the air and it failed. And then you never hear from them again. Like private practice. And there was that that other, there's that hotel show. Right. But here's the thing until we go to a six day week. They're still talking about Thursday nights. That's <laughs> right. And, and Shonda has absorbed her failures and kept on stepping. She mm. makes new things. She makes that's new, your that's hashtag from Twitter. Make new things. Yeah. But it's the, it's the sense of I'm in this. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter what these other guys in the room do. I'm in this. Mm-hmm. They can look at me. They can look askance at me. I know that the women have an extra level of difficulty because there's a sexual harassment component mm-hmm. sometimes, which I'm never going to feel. Yeah. I get it. Although, if I happen to be in a room where that shit's going on, I guarantee you, as of that day, you won't be dealing with it either. Um, There's a culture here that has to be gotten rid of. I don't know that that can be done in an edict. I think it has to be done with some set of people who aren't going to become more moral, become all about business. Mm -hmm. If you look at advertising, advertising is all about business. All about business. And sure. if you notice the change in commercials over the last 10 years, I'm seeing interracial couples. I'm seeing gay couples. Oh I'm seeing all kinds of stuff yes, that when I was a kid, trip. that would that one commercial would have like blown up television. Never, oh, my God. Look what. Never, what, what, what do you remember the Coke commercial with Mean Joe Green? Oh, exactly. Yeah. That was like a huge deal. Oh, yeah. Because right? this, you, this is a book you all got to read called American. Because he handed him his coat. Yeah. And he drank it, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. This That's is, a trip. There's a book you got to read called, called American Skin that, that uses that, that commercial as this thing to kind of shift the Way, the way television But it's advertising the and it, when Hollywood yeah. pretends It's about the bottom line Advertising does not pretend Advertising is about The freaking bottom line well, well, Okay Well see I mean look it, And look Who are they advertising to How are they advertising If you are so hidebound In your racism Or sexism or Whatever That you don't want To make more money You should get out Of this business <laughs> Let somebody step Into your slot That really wants To make a lot right, of money right. Because that will fix right. That part of it And for the will. rest of you just don't censor people out of your program 
because of something that has nothing to do with their writing. Just read them. Mm. If they're great, bring them in and talk to them. If they're nice and they have yeah. different experiences directors, than you, look at their reels. Look if at they the can direct, reel, like hire them. Just do it as it's written down in the rule book, and everything should be fine. True. Well, let's leave it on that note because I got to run. <laughs> but uh, thank you very much, y'all. Good episode. Thank you. Thank Where you, you at, Paul? Uh, on on Twitter, I'm uh, I'm, Follow I'm, at your risk. I'm ranting, and then, and then and then sometimes I have too much bourbon and listen to Adele, and, and no, then pretty. like the next morning I wake up and have to delete a bunch of tweets. Oh, shit. oh my god, Adele, uh, it's, uh, so I'm beautiful. At, I was Fizz wondering about that. I was like, what is going on? F i z z h o g g. Is that you got to tell people what the hell that is next time? Uh, uh, <laughs> Chris, the where you at? Story. I'm at uh, shadowboxercinema.net and at unauthorizedcbd on Instagram and Twitter. Your Instagram, excuse me, by the way, Chris got a killer Instagram Mm -hmm. because he's just putting up, I mean, you got stuff from your sets and stuff, but then he brings up just these images, like he's a cinephile. Oh yeah, he shows you just like, he loves cinema. I'm not talking about movies or Hollywood, he loves cinema. Correct. And it's cool. I'll get you today. The frames are always off the chain. I'm always like, damn, that's a great shot. You took that with your camera, like click, click, did you? (laughs) Where you at, Jeff? I'm at jeffreythorne.com, although I haven't posted anything in a while. There's some pretty stuff You haven't there. posted in a while? I'm on Twitter. It feels like I'm posting, so I don't write these long <laughs> rants that I used to do. Um, I'm on Twitter at Game of Thorns. I'm on Instagram at Thorn Game. Buy um, Mosaic. Uh, buy Mosaic. Uh, it's oh, yeah, definitely buy Mosaic. Yeah. Mosaic. Buy that, yeah, yes, buy that comic <laughs> from Marvel. Get what, the trade. The yeah, trades out. The trades. What number are you guys on this now? Month, uh, we're on seven next week. Comes out Good, at seven. Right. And eight... Uh, Right, this Com- will drop next Monday. Yeah, next Wednesday. Comicsology, at least get it on Comicsology. Yeah, Don't fuck around. Up. Hook a brother up. Did you see what I did on Twitter? Brad no. Meltzer. You know that guy? <laughs> yeah, what about him? Right? So I tweeted to him and I just said, because I saw him one time talking about comics, because I guess he's a big. Yeah, he wrote geek. some stuff. Yeah. Wrote, and, yeah, so, and so I just tweeted, I said, hey. If you're looking for a new comic, you should check out Marvel's Mosaic. Oh, Lord. And he writes back and he's like, oh, that sounds great. I'll check it out. Oh, Christ. All right. I hope he better. <laughs> and away we go. <laughs> so, Meltzer, if you're listening to this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's it. That's it right now. Okay, cool. And I'm your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter. At Lisa. Hilliard Guest. Huh? We got to say, Lisa, we oh, missed you. We love you. Happy Lisa. birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, girl. Um, you guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR, on Twitter. Um, any questions, screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. Uh, hope we didn't offend anybody out there. <laughs> we were talking, you know, we're just chopping it up, you know. So uh, any, any, any email, send them to Jeff Thorne. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll take <laughs> yeah, Don't complain to me about <laughs> anything that I said. Y'all don't, y'all don't scare me. Y'all, y'all don't scare me. I go, tweet the bitch. He'll get you. He'll get you. Um, <laughs> follow us on Facebook. Uh, please go on iTunes, give us a five-star review. We really need that for the metrics. We really appreciate that shit. So everybody join in with me for the end. (laughs) Okay, she's here. All right. Uh, Y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. On the show, we keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? 2017. 2017. Peace, y'all. Peace. What? I'ma say what I feel. And I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Rant Room. So you wanna be a writer, 
Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind in the business, got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know the street nerds got no time for no kata. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Red Room. Red room, red room.